We're all very excited to hear a baby's first word. Will it be mama, dada, or in my case, coffee? <laughs> Just kidding. Jesus' first word, repent. Welcome, friends, to Sipping on the Sabbath. I'm very glad you're here. My name is Father Alan McDonald. If you are new to this channel, please do me the favor of subscribing. You'll join the Sipping on the Sabbath family membership from all over the world, and you'll be getting notifications about new videos as soon as they are produced. This is a banner day. Not only do I have access to some coffee here, but also some birthday cake. It's not my birthday, it is Pilar's birthday. Pilar is the executive assistant to our general superior here at the Companions of the Cross main office. Happy birthday, Pilar. Thanks for sharing some of your cake with me. So when I say Jesus' first word, I don't mean the first word he said when he was a baby. I don't know what that word was. But the first word that I'm referring to here is in today's gospel. The first word that Jesus says as he begins his public ministry, and that is repent. Hearts. When the Lord says repentance, it's not a word that's spoken in anger or frustration or condemnation, but it's a word that is spoken by Jesus as a word of invitation. The Lord is inviting us to open our hearts, to give him permission to cooperate with him so that he can bring us to a place of freedom. So that's what I want to focus on today. This dimension of repentance being a word of invitation, a word of bringing us to a place of freedom. And when we look at our scriptures today, taking them all in proper context, we can see that there are three particular areas of our life where the Lord, where applicable, wants to bring us to a place of freedom. If we can identify with these three areas of life, any ways in which we are living in darkness, any ways in which we have been entangled in the various nets of life, and any way in which we are participating in or causing division among the members of the body of Christ. So let's take a look at each of those three individually. Darkness, nets, and division. D-N-D, &D, if you want to form an, an acronym for that, not Department of National Defense, but uh, darkness, nets, and division. But first, some coffee. I'll have a bit of cake in a minute. <laughs> okay, first of all, Repentance of any darkness. The, the words of our first reading today from the prophet Isaiah are words that we heard not too long ago, in fact, on Christmas Eve night. And Isaiah makes this prophecy, and it's repeated in today's gospel excerpt from Matthew. The, the prophet Isaiah says that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light on them, a light has shone. And maybe you've already begun to notice that the days are getting longer. That is, we have more daylight hours in the course of a day. I think on average, 
we gain about an extra minute of daylight each day as we journey onwards from last December 21st uh, into the spring and into the summer. And so Jesus comes to us at the darkest time of the year to remind us that he is the light that dispels the darkness. And so the Lord Jesus is waiting for us to give him permission to ask him to come into our life, to shine the light of his grace, of his mercy, his power, his peace, all that we need into our life. And nature illustrates this, that is, the days are getting longer, and we ourselves have this occasion and opportunity today to ask the Lord, because maybe there is some darkness in our life as a result of the choices or the decisions that we have made in our life. And this is what the Lord Jesus is inviting us to repent of, to open ourselves to his grace. Invite Jesus to come again with his light into these dark areas of our life so that we can more clearly see him know him and love him who sees, knows, and loves us as we are, but does so in such a way not to keep us where we are, but to bring us to a deeper and more profound experience of his transforming power to bring us to a place of freedom. So Jesus wants to liberate us from darkness by his grace, by his mercy. And so when the Lord says, repent, as the first word he speaks, as he begins his public ministry, it motivates us, again, because we know it comes from a place of invitation to freedom. It motivates us to ask, well, is there any darkness in my life? Are there any things, people, places in my life that are not of God's will that I'm keeping in the dark? Anything in my life that I'm not being honest about? 12-step recovery program says that we are only as sick as our secrets. Are the things that I'm keeping from my spiritual director, keeping from my sponsor, keeping from people who generally do love me, people that I confide in. I'm not saying we have to go out and just air our laundry in public and tell everybody everything. That's not wise. But are there individuals in our life that we can be truly transparent with and know that they will love us and assist us as we again are responding to this call of freedom and liberation in the Lord's providence for us in the spiritual life. Okay, the second thing that the Lord is inviting us to repent of are any particular nets that we have found ourselves becoming entangled in with life. Because life, life is complicated. Life, life is hard for many, many of us. But again, the word repent is spoken to us from a place of freedom, a place of invitation calling us to this new life that we can have in Jesus with some cake. <laughs> amazing <laughs> beautiful cake okay have we in our life allowed ourselves to get ensnared in some 
nets. John the Baptist, who we have in today's gospel from Matthew, John the Baptist found himself ensnared in the nets of Herod. John the Baptist spoke truth into Herod's life. John the Baptist called Herod to repent, but Herod would have none of it. He was more concerned with the oath, the promise he had made to the daughter of Herodias to give her whatever she asked for because she had pleased him with her dancing and Herodias herself. She was ensnared in the net of her own resentment towards John the Baptist. And John the Baptist paid the ultimate price as a martyr for speaking up, standing by, calling people from ensnarement, from the nets of the world, the flesh, the devil, to freedom. And so have I myself found myself getting caught up in some of these nets, ensnared in these nets? We have the, the call of Andrew, Peter, James, and John in today's gospel. And they were called to leave their nets. And so, again, as a response to this call to repent, is the Lord asking us to let go of certain nets that we are holding on to in life. We don't want to let go of the net of the world, the flesh, the devil, gives us initially the illusion of freedom, but in the end, they ensnare us. They hold us in bondage, and they do not bring us to a place of freedom. Pope Benedict XVI spoke one time about how fish cannot survive outside of the water when brought onto the land. The opposite is true of us, that when we are removed from the solid land of the truth, of the word of God, and find ourselves in the rough sea of relativism, woke culture, self-will run riot, we perish. We cannot survive in those seas. And so when Jesus in today's gospel commissions Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to become fishers of people, what he is saying is, instead of this fishing net that you've used to catch fish to bring from the water to the land, instead, bring out the net of the gospel and cast the net of the gospel into the sea of relativism, into this woke culture, into this self-will run riot attitude and disposition of the world to rescue others, to rescue us, to rescue me from myself, because I cannot survive in these waters. And I'm finding myself ensnared, not in the net of the gospel, but ensnared in the net of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So the Lord, again, is saying to us, repent, make an examination of your life. Can you see how this applies to your life? And do you, and will you open your heart to me today in invitation, in response to my mercy, so I can bring you to the land of my truth, the land of my word, the land of ultimately the freedom that I have for you as my beloved daughter, as my beloved son. Will I allow the Lord to entangle me from any way in which I have been ensnared in the various nets of my life? 
That's what it means, secondly, to respond to this first word of Jesus, which is to repent. Okay, third, repent of any division. Now, maybe we hear the words of today's gospel that says that Jesus was curing every disease and every sickness among the people. And we ask, well, what about me? Like, I've asked to be cured. I've asked to be healed of my sickness. And I'm still sick. Does God not hear me? Does Jesus not care about me? Am I nothing to the Lord? What gives? Or maybe we hear that same sentence from the gospel and we think about other people who need to be healed. Oh yeah, like him, oh he definitely needs a healing. Like Lord, you just gotta take over this guy's life or her, oh yeah, she definitely, definitely needs a healing. But I don't think it applies to me. I don't, don't wanna make an examination of my own life. I don't wanna admit that maybe I'm sick. Maybe I'm the one that needs a healing and in a way that I don't even know about. Or thirdly, we hear that sentence from the gospel and there's a hesitation because I, I don't want to be healed. In fact, you know what? I like being sick. I like having this illness because it affords me a certain degree of attention. Then, hey, I like having a pity party. I'm enjoying myself all by myself. Well, that's because, you know, nobody wants to go <laughs> or attend a pity party that we 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 invite people to like nobody shows up no i'm not going to that and so we find ourselves isolated alone apart from not believing or knowing that we are part of so instead how might the lord's word repent apply to us here well we begin by asking ourselves well if this is true that I have believed that God's love and mercy is somehow limited, then Lord, I want to repent of that. I want to repent of the thought that somehow I don't measure up, that somehow you don't care for me, somehow you're too busy doing other things that I'm inconsequential. That's a lie. I want to repent, Lord, of believing that lie. I want to repent of any way in which I've opened the door to the evil one that has sown that seed in my heart and that it is now producing fruit. Enough. Take this away, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command you, evil spirit of this false lie, to leave me. You have no place. And Jesus, in the place of that lie, plant the seeds of your truth that will grow and produce much fruit in my life. Or, I look at that, that sentence in the gospel and how it applies to this invitation to repentance and I say Lord I am sorry for any way which I refuse to look at my stuff any way which I'm hesitating to get honest with me and with you Jesus and help me to accept the fact that yes I do need healing and the invitation to repent is one that's given to me by you Jesus because you love me you want to bring me to a new place a new place of a freedom, a new experience of the horizons of the, the benefits of living according to your will and not to my own. And then finally, to repent of any way that we are self-absorbed or any way which we have a disordered, you know, attachment or, 
like of illness, like that the sickness of all those thoughts. And I don't say that, again, to, to point the finger or to condemn or to, you know, jump on people. But just the, the reality is the Lord knows us. The Lord knows us through and through. The Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. And this invitation to repent, again, is given to us from a place of love and care and concern. And he wants to set us free, but he needs and waits for our cooperation. He waits for us to give him permission to move and to act. Maybe one of the key sicknesses that the Lord wants us to repent of is any way in which we have been cause the cause of division. What does St. Paul say in our second reading here today? All of you should be in agreement. No division among you. Be united in the same mind and the same purpose. Why do our parishes exist? Think about that while I have some coffee. How would you answer that question? Why do our parishes exist? The answer is that our parishes exist to evangelize. That is, to be centers of renewal, centers of attraction to others who come and have themselves a profound experience of the Lord's liberation, freedom, power, and truth. That is why our parishes exist, and that they in turn would evangelize others. Evangelization, in its simplest terms, is one hungry person showing another hungry person where the bread is, bringing them to the bread of life, Jesus himself. And in terms of this division and this call to evangelization, we will only be as effective in our mission as we are united. No division among us. No sickness among us. And this third Sunday of Ordinary Time, we begin a week of prayer for Christian unity. And so when the Lord calls us to repent, again, keeping in mind, it's an invitation to freedom, liberation. When he says repent, in terms of this division, I think he's affording us an occasion to ask ourselves the question, well, am I the cause of disunity in the body of Christ through my own sick thoughts, words, or actions. And again, getting honest with ourselves by God's grace and praying for that willingness to change. What in my life needs to change to move from sickness to health, to cooperate with the Lord, so that I can be that much more effective in being an evangelist, bringing others to an encounter with Jesus. There's a second part of our first reading from the prophet Isaiah that we heard before on Christmas Eve, to be exact, again, and that is the prophet's words that are Again, applicable to today. So regardless, regardless of whether we are called to repent of darkness or the nets of our life <clears throat> or any way in which we have been the cause of division, the prophet Isaiah wants us to know 
that in and through the power and grace of Jesus, the yoke of our burden, the bar across our shoulders, and the rod of our oppressor has been broken. This is, again, I can't say it enough. Sometimes we need to hear things at least seven times before it sinks into our brain. This is our invitation to a life of freedom, that no one is beyond the reach of the mercy of God. Give the Lord permission. Write out the Lord a, a blank check. Just let him fill in the amount. If you read one verse beyond where we will end with our gospel this Sunday from Matthew, it's recorded that they brought to Jesus all the sick, not some or a few or most, all the sick were brought to Jesus. That is, no limitation, no special criteria that has to be met before we are eligible to come before the Lord. Repent, the very first words of Jesus. And we ourselves, my dear friends, have an opportunity to, to respond to that word today. And let us do so like Andrew, James, Peter, and John did themselves when they heard the invitation to let go of their nets, to leave their boats, to follow Jesus. They did so immediately. So let us pray. <clears throat> so Lord Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of this medium, this social media platform, Lord Jesus, that so many people have prayed for, so many people are supporting. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of each person who is either watching or listening today from all over the world, Lord, that you have brought us together, Lord Jesus, as brothers and sisters in your name. We continue to pray, Lord Jesus, for anyone listening or watching who is living under a very heavy burden, whatever that might be. If it be your grace, your will, Lord Jesus, that you would offer to us today a liberation and a freedom from that burden. But help us also know, Lord Jesus, that you're always with us. You are with us in the heaviness of that burden, Lord, that you have indeed promised that you would never abandon us. Particularly today, Lord Jesus, we want to respond immediately by repenting. And so, Lord, we repent. We say that we are truly, honestly sorry. And we receive into our life at this very moment, Lord, the gift of your freedom. We repent, Lord Jesus, of any way in which we have, by our own choices, our own actions, chosen to live in darkness. We pray, Lord Jesus, for your courage, Lord, that we would pull back the curtain, Lord, and allow the light of your grace to shine in every part of our life. We don't want to live in darkness, Lord Jesus. And so help us, Jesus. Help us to trust you, Jesus. Help us to trust that your word of repentance 
is the word spoken in love and invitation to a new life of freedom. We also, Lord Jesus, repent of any ways in which we have allowed ourselves to become entangled in the nets of the world, the flesh, or the devil. We repent, Lord Jesus, of any way in which we have in the past thought that they would bring us to a place of freedom. But we see now, Lord Jesus, the foolishness of our choices. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Just get out, Jesus, your divine scissors, the divine knife, and just cut away, Lord Jesus, the ropes of these nets, Lord. Unbind us, Jesus. That is our prayer, Jesus. Unbind us, Jesus, and set us free. Rescue us, Jesus, by the gospel net from the sea of relativism, this woke culture, this self-will-run riot, all the craziness of the world, Jesus. Any way in which we are struggling and perishing, Lord, in the rough seas of the ways of the world. Bring us, Lord Jesus, bring us to the solid land of your gospel truth. And Lord, we repent of any way in which we have, by our own words, our thoughts, our actions, been the cause of division in your body, the church. We sincerely repent, Lord Jesus, and we ask, Jesus, that you would, in your continued mercy and grace, bring your healing power and mercy into all of our lives. Heal us, Lord, of any way in which we have been hurt, any way, Lord Jesus, in which we have been misunderstood, any way, Lord Jesus, in which we have been hard done by, or anything, Lord, anything, Lord, that we're just holding on to that is weighing us down, Lord. We want, Lord Jesus, instead to be free, Lord. Turn all this over to you, Jesus, so that we can continue to be effective evangelizers and instruments of your grace. Help us every day, Jesus, to know and do your will. Continue, Lord. Continue to call us back to yourself, especially any of us, Lord, who are away from you in confession. Anything, Lord, any stumbling blocks, any hesitations, anything that gets in the way, Lord, of responding to your call to receive your mercy and forgiveness in the sacrament of reconciliation. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you, your Holy Spirit would just blow all that away. We can experience your freedom and love, Jesus, and the power and the peace that comes from knowing that we are indeed your beloved daughters and sons, Lord Jesus. Mother Mary and St. Joseph, Please pray for us. Okay, well, there you go. God bless the rest of your day there. Stay uh, caffeinated. Remember that when we are powerless, that's when we're strong. And victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.